0: Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, I honestly couldn't wait to jump on with you here for a little bit on the Sunday pod of Alex Garrett podcasting. There are a couple of things that I want to relay to you and uh, and actually an inspirational story, which on Sunday, it's always try to be a faith-based pod. Uh, it was great to be back at church today. Thank uh, thankful to be there for the big congressional meeting, Good Shepherd Lutheran. Do you know Martin Luther wrote this line? By the way, we tremble not for him. We tremble not. A mighty fortress is our God. That's the that is the uh, hymn he wrote. But we tremble not, and when we see, unfortunately, more civilians killed by Russian bombs today. How do we not tremble? It's very hard to have the faith in him, is it not? But it is a line that I feel like we can hear today. We tremble not. I also love to say, always be anxious for nothing. Because he is there. And maybe, just maybe, Putin's reckoning will be at the hands of the Russian people. I am of Russian descent. That's the other thing I felt called to talk about. I have some Russian in my ancestry. And I've never been proud of the heritage because I've only known about the KGB, the Soviet Union, the communism, what Putin's doing. That is what I learned about in schools. But what we have to remember is that Russian people themselves have defected over the years, have fled the Soviet Union, bravely so. So do not, do not say this is the Russian people's fault. Because there is a resistance in in Moscow right now. Yes, it's a younger generation. Yes, unfortunately, the news media, quote-unquote, of Russian news media is brainwashing all the older generations, which is just horrible, the younger generations trying to tell them something, and they're like, no, we don't believe it. And they're being brainwashed by the Putin-run media. Do you know that the BBC, CNN, other outlets have actually left Russia now? So, to blame this on the Russian people, to now have a hatred against the Russians who unfortunately don't know any better i would say and are used to a certain way and i heard that russians uh, i guess you'd say established russians meaning those that are year there for decades didn't understand how putin could do this because you see they also cover up the media their own killings within their own country of distance they throw distance off buildings they throw them out of windows they kill them now that the killing has gone beyond Russia, it's a problem. Why it wasn't a problem while it was in Russia, I don't know. But as someone is of Russian descent, seeing the hatred on actual Russian people's TikToks, like it's their fault. It's not. The Ruskies are a, is it okay to say that, are a bunch that are resilient. They are feisty. They are intense, too intense a lot of the time. But they're they're resilient, and I don't think they will put up, I pray so, they will not put up with what their leader, quote-unquote leader, its dictator, is doing. President Biden had said a while ago that there was resistance within the... Um, that there was standing... For Russia. Do you know he wanted to allow them in the G7 summit? Did you know he wanted to do a lot of things to actually put them on the international stage? Make them acceptable. While they were doing unacceptable atrocities within their own country. That emboldened Putin to be put in the G7 to do what he's doing now. I am firmly believe for that. But again... I'm more proud of the Russian people that are standing up right now against this and getting arrested and possibly killed for speaking out. That's the heritage I want to relate to as far as my Russian background. Those that fleed a communistic nation. I guess at that time, you know, it was, uh, I guess, Lenin and Solomon were in the 50s, so it was way before that, but... No, we have we have a heritage in our family that's Russian, and it's okay because the Russian people themselves worked hard to get out of the Soviet communistic nation, and now there are those stuck there within the borders that are being brainwashed, and that's unfortunate. But I, I also want to lend this podcast to an interesting story by Long Reads a blog you should be following on WordPress. And they're actually verified on Twitter. So I want to read you the story. It's by Bill Donahue. He's actually a Twitterite, too. Uh, Bill Donahue, Bill Donahue 13. He seems active. This was published in the Atavist magazine, funded by Longreads members. Listen to this story. At 4 a.m. on June 23rd, 1945, Beneath the bright Arctic sun, Valery Minnikov picked his way down to the beach on the cold, treeless coast of Chukotka, which is the easternmost point of Russian Siberia. This is a story, by the way, of a Ukrainian father and son who became the first and only Soviet defectors to seek freedom in the West by crossing the Bering Strait. Okay, if you're in geography class, you know about that, the Bering Strait. The story continues near the Cape Chaplino Military Weather Station. Valerie climbed into a motorized kayak that he'd built himself, using a walrus hide, a section of bicycle frame, and a, sm- a small three-horsepower engine. His kayak was about four, bobbing in about 34-degree weather that morning in the seawater, clotted by blocks of ice. And he only had a few five-liter cans of gasoline, some tin food, a milk jug filled with drinking water, and a single passenger, a little boy. Valerie's son, his name was Oleg, was six years old, black-haired, scrawny, haunted brown eyes. I love the way this is described. He's already been through so much in his short life. Oleg's sister, infant's Israel died of starvation, one of the Soviet Union's 25 million war-era casualties. So Oleg's family was impacted by the Soviet Union. Valerie's family was impacted by the Soviet Union. Oh. After a certain amount of events where... His mother ran off with a Red Army officer. Oleg was raised by his father, this naval mechanic, on military base after military base. This sounds pretty daunting, if you ask me. Oleg didn't have friends. And then Oleg's father was like a shadow. Valerie was only 35 years old when all of this was taking place. He drank a lot. He went out to drink in bars. Got into fist fights. But he was strong. Apparently once when a car jack wasn't working, Valerie lifted the vehicle up by the bumper, slid the jack underneath, and continued his labors. Picked the car up. So this guy was strong-willed. And strong. A little further on in the story, Bill writes, Bill Donnie writes, he and Oleg were a team out of the tundra. They would, wow, they, they were on this 14 foot home kayak as his father prepared to row it into the Bering Strait one of the Earth's most dangerous sea passages. The strait's shallow floor, just 150 feet or so beneath the surface of the Bering Sea, was prone to kicking up monstrous waves. Valerie chose June because in October and such, the straits are freezing up. As he began owing away from the beach, he was hoeing to the ice shelves along the cliff-line cliff shore. Kept the engine off, headed north toward a group of islands where naval aiders, officers liked to hunt. Once they were far enough from their launch point, hidden behind blocks of ice, Valerie pulled the starter cord on the engine and actually kept pulling that engine to start for three minutes. Once it was found out there was no connection, the engine was fixed, rumbled, And Oleg said, where are we going? Valerie said, America. In this little 14-foot kayak, in the dangerous Bering Straits, this father-son duo, this father-son duo set off for America. That is the point of this story, is that, and I'll let you know that they made it or not, is that no matter what, the Soviet Union had defectors, had strong-willed people who wanted to leave their oppression. And this father-son duo, as written by Bill Donahue, and by the way, this is found on longreads.com, longreads on WordPress, and the atavist Magazine. And did you know in 1932, years before this, Valerie was drafted into the Soviet military? He did hate Stalin, but had no choice except to serve or death. That's what it was back in the Soviet Union. The Nazis had occupied Ukraine, Billani writes, in 1941. Finally chased out in 1944. I mean, the Nazis occupied this. This is history, what we're seeing, because Putin's being related to Hitler in many ways right now. And the occupation of Ukraine this time around, I feel, would be way more detrimental as it was back then. And we can't let it happen. But this, this guy, Valerie, had quite a life. He watched 50 political prisoners pushed off a deck to their deaths aboard one of the military ships. He was escaping life when he was caught writing an anti-Stalin inscription in a library book surrounded by agents and spies. KGB still exists, by the way, today. KGB in its own way, I mean, Putin's around. He was a KGB agent. They're still around. And what drove him to leave the Soviet Union finally was that his parents had died... His wife was gone, and he finally had the will to make a better life for himself and his son Oleg. And the question is, and in the atavis it's called The Voyagers by Bill Donahue. At the end of the story, does he make it? Does he make it to America? Well By the way, Valerie wanted to kill Stalin, and others, when he became convinced Stalin's agents were in his orbit. But they did make it. They did make it to America. And in fact, by 1949, he showed up at the FBI's office to report that there were spies around him. That's really bold to continue the fight against Stalinism here in America, where, you know, at the same time as all this happening, McCarthyism starts coming up. That red scare was real. There were blacklisted uh, Hollywood actors. But the story and the origin that this family this father and son on nothing more than a 14 foot kayak which I guess is pretty big but in the icy waters and just the two and on an engine that barely started for him to make it to America after all and after all he witnessed is pretty inspiring and the ukrainians fleeing now under no choice unfortunately we pray that they have a better life after fleeing their own country and they hope and we hope they can go back to that life that putin is stopped But he made it. As in many others, make it out of Soviet. And those are the heroes. The defectors are the heroes. The defectors of Cuba, while we're at it, are the heroes. But in this time, the story of Valerie and Oleg. But you can read the whole thing at the Atavist, by the way. You have to believe not only were they called by all the stresses around them, but by God to make that voyage to America and have the will to do it. It's linked up at my page, com and on my Twitter, alexgnyc one. But follow Long Rains, follow The Atavist. I might do that that too. There seems to be a lot of inspiration coming out of that uh, magazine. And I'll link it here on this podcast, wherever you may hear it. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We will talk to you very soon. As we continue to adapt to this ever-changing war zone, America is just watching, wondering what we could do. Fighter jets could be on the way to Ukraine, which we hope to arm the military against Putin. We've got Americans going over to fight in foreign forces for Zelensky because they trust Zelensky. Hell of a lot more trust Zelensky over Biden. Now say that much. It's pretty amazing how rallying Vladimir. Zelensky has been as the Ukrainian president and we can only just hope and pray that this does not escalate and that the forces from within Russia could take this guy down because the West NATO they're not doing anything right now of actual military. Because they're afraid it could lead to World War Three. as is everybody. So the only prayer we have right now is to him, that we tremble not in the very perilous time. We just have to pray and hope action comes very soon. We'll talk to you soon on Alex Scare Podcasting.